standards. Obviously, there's a big list uh, for this year. For me, I consider it the ultimate dissemination of research, both from here as well as uh, the New Zealand universities. And hopefully we can provide the conduit for that. Kia ora, I'm Troy, here as CEO and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Today our conversation is with our General Manager Structural Systems, Stephen Hicks. I'm excited to chat with him and share the panel projects that have been recently approved for his division so there is greater visibility of our R&D. In our last episode, Mikhail ran us through the research panels mm-hmm. and the criteria we use to assess research proposals. Can you let us know uh, a bit about the Steel Research Panel and who is represented there? Sure. So uh, the Steel Research Panel was basically in place when I first joined HERA back in 2008. Um, it's, um, it's probably morphed a few times uh, since then. Um, when I first joined, I think it was just a free-flowing Um, session of ideas from all the different various parties and that's turned now more into a a bit more of a formalised procedure where we invite uh, proposals uh, from both internally as well as externally uh, to be considered by the panel. So the composition is obviously SENZ who uh, we work very closely with, Steelmakers which will be New Zealand Steel and Liberty, Fabricators, which would be Steel Tech, Grayson Engineering, DNH Steel Construction, John Jones Steel, and a new addition this year was Eastbridge to represent bridge interests, Deck Manufacturers through Steel and Tube and Diamond, Designers through Becker, WSP Opus, and Oricon, and uh, for the moment we also include uh, the universities, uh, namely University of Auckland, University of Canterbury, and a recent addition this year is um, AUT. And I think there were six projects approved or uh, prioritised this year. Can you tell us about the first one, which is the design software for composite beams and slabs? Yeah, sure. So, um, obviously, we've um, spent had a lot of investment in um, design standards, uh, uh, and um, uh, this is this investment has uh, commenced probably from two thousand and ten onwards. Um, and the, the standard in question for this particular project is ASNZS2327, which we've been working on between 2011 and 2017. It's uh, now been cited in the uh, B1VM1 of the building code, and uh, that was um, cited in 30th November 2018. And it now has become the only acceptable solution from the 1st of April this year. Similarly in Australia, um, it's been adopted by all states on the 1st of May this year. So basically we have this um, standard, uh, but um, really um, uh, I think we'd be foolish to assume that uh, that was uh, enough for the uptake of that technology. And what we're doing is we're supporting that uptake through uh, design tools and uh, software. So. The software in question um, uh, will be a design of uh, composite floors, both the slabs and the um, and the composite beams themselves, and uh, that uh, should be released um, uh, before uh, July this year. the The uh, proposal that's got approved um, this year is based on extension of that existing um, software 
to, uh, to include beams of web openings, which is um, a very uh, popular form of construction. It permits um, integration of mechanical services with the same structural depth, which, uh, uh, which leads to reduced story heights and multi-story construction. And what about the second project, which is the Guide for Designing Composite Beams? So um, this one differs from the software. It uh, basically will provide the, um, the background to the, uh, the new uh, Composite Standard ASNZS2327. And it will um, provide uh, a full set of worked examples to provide confidence to specifiers and actually using that standard. So that it will actually complement the, um, the design software as well. And the third project was primarily a University of Auckland and University of Canterbury project, which is the Robust project. Yeah. Tell us about that one. So it was um, signalled to the Steel Research Panel back in 2018. Uh, we received the formal proposal this year in March. It's a um, $4.3 million project, uh, which includes the University of Auckland, Canterbury, as well as Tongji University in China. The proposal is to... Um, uh, construct a full-scale three-storey building and it will be um, tested on the shaking table at the International Research Laboratory of Earthquake Engineering at Tongji University, Shanghai, China. And the intention of it is to demonstrate the effectiveness of a variety of um, structural friction technology solutions, including looking at uh, the effect of non-structural elements in earthquakes. And so far, um, this project has got co-funding from brands, University of Auckland, University of Canterbury, AUT, Quake Centre, Quake Core, EQC, ILWE, Tongji University have con very generously contributed $220,000, as well as MBIE and Comfloor. And uh, essentially this project uh, was rated number two by the Steel Research Panel, and the support requested from HERA and HERF was to provide contribution in kind from fabricated elements from their different members. Um, so um, that's uh, quite an exciting project. Uh, it also um, is almost a counterpoint to a uh, test that was done last year for the, um, the reinforced concrete industry. And uh, this will uh, basically um, show off the capabilities of uh, New Zealand designed uh, multi-storey steel frame buildings. Mm. And it's quite a bit of fabrication work there. I think the role of Hero Foundation in the end was to provide the project management for that. Yep. And the fourth project is a bit of a mouthful, the development of revised design provisions for Category 3 seismic load resisting systems. Mm -hmm. So this one um, is a, a jointly developed project with SCNZ um, and we believe that close to 80% of um, multi-storey steel frame um, buildings fall within Category 3 seismic loading resisting systems and uh, typically they're, uh, they tend to be five storeys or less in height. And one, the reason why we're doing this work is that the current uh, steel structure standard NZS 3404 provides rules which exclude cold form steel hollow sections in grade 350 um, um, steel and also welded sections. And uh, th although those are commonly used in one way and two way moment resistant frames, there's a potential technical barrier for cost competitive multi-story construction using those materials. So, um, what we're trying to do in this one is actually to um, go back to first principles and um, look at the demands on a multi-storey um, uh, still framed building uh, using um, time history analysis 
of some actual buildings that uh, have already been designed by um, the um, New Zealand Design Fraternity. And what we're really looking at is to try and provide a um, relaxation of the material provisions for this category of uh, seismic load resistant system, which therefore broadens the range of compliance sections which can be used in these applications. So the main deliverable from this project will be a um, HERA, joint HERA SCNZ guide, and uh, we hope that would form the basis of an amendment to the steel structure standard NZS3404. The fifth project is the structural by design for steel framed car parks. Okay. So the New Zealand Building Code, uh, CAS7, has much more stringent fire resistance rating requirements for structural elements in car parking buildings. And typically they require the elements to be protected with passive fire protection. Obviously that um, adds additional costs, particularly um, in steel frame construction. And uh, to remedy this solution, um, SCNZ have uh, supported a development of a guide for um, steel frame car parks, which was uh, developed by um, Linus Lim and Martin Feeney of um, Homes Fire. And um, from this methodology, it's possible to demonstrate that beams of a typical multi-story, uh, sorry, multi-bay steel frame car park can be left unprotected, which will um, make uh, steel frame car parks much more competitive. So even that, that work has already been done, um, just to um, um, demonstrate its, um, its validity, uh, here is going to be actually um, uh, road testing the method through advanced finite element analysis. And the results from that will actually um, form the basis of a second version of that guide, which will be published later this year. And the sixth project builds upon your extensive development of standards in New Zealand, which is the development of steel and concrete composite standards for buildings and bridges. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you, as you rightly point out, there's been a, a large investment uh, from HERA since uh, 2010. And really that was uh, due to the, the lack of support uh, from MBIE or, uh, and others. And... Um, Essentially, we're still uh, moving ahead with um, harmonising the, um, the different standards uh, between Australia and New Zealand for steel construction. And the, uh, what we have on the hit list for this year is to uh, complete the uh, revision of the Fabrication and Erection Standard ASNZS 5131. Uh, we're also um, currently finishing off a... Um, direct text amendment of um, ASNZS 2327, which is the composite building stand for, um, uh, for multi-storey construction. There's also going to be a possible revision to um, AS 1397, uh, which covers metallic coated steel sheet and strip, which is commonly used for light steel framing, steel decking, etc. Um, there's also a uh, possible uh, uh, revision to the um, bridge steel and composite bridge standard uh, ASNZS 5100 part 6 which I previously uh, chaired and as well as that revision there's also a, a talk of actually um, developing a commentary for that standard so that users can better understand the provisions. There's also another project proposal that's under development to um, revise ASNZS 3679 Part 2, which is the standard for welded eye sections. And the idea behind that one is to introduce 
um, uh, intermediate grades of steel, so it gives uh, specifies a wider range of products that they can consider. And finally, the big one, which um, I've been working on for probably the last two or three years, uh, which very closely with MBIE, is to develop a project proposal to revise um, the steel structure standard NZS3404, where hopefully we can uh, actually harmonise it with Australia and develop, develop a joint NZS3404 and AS4100 document. Certainly sounds like a busy year yeah. for the structural systems team. Um, what else is on the um, horizon in terms of training and international visitors? So um, this was a bit before my time, but um, we previously we had a, a good history of inviting experts from overseas um, uh, to um, show off some of the uh, uh, innovative uh, technologies. And um, the one that sort of comes to mind to me was uh, a chap called uh, Per Tveit, uh, pardon the pronunciation if he's listening. And he came from Norway and he basically did a national seminar series on network arch bridges. And from that um, series, there was uh, quite a big uptake of that uh, type of construction in New Zealand. I think there's possibly off the top of my head around about six bridges that have already been built using that technology. Uh, compare that to elsewhere around the world, I think UK, it was uh, they've only just built the very first network arch bridge this year. So um, the, um, the benefit of um, having these international uh, visitors would be for the industry to maybe think outside the box and actually embrace some of these new technologies that are being um, promoted internationally. In terms of training, uh, well, at the start of this um, podcast, I mentioned that we have the um, the design software as well as the design guide on ASNZS2327. Uh, we definitely need to provide support for um, specifiers to use this new standard. And it's envisioned that we will be doing a, a national um, uh, training uh, seminar on that standard, uh, not only in... Um, New Zealand, but also in Australia. We're also we're currently in talks with the Australian Steel Institute, and uh, hopefully, when that uh, when that um, uh, uh, when that seminar series starts, the idea is to actually have the design software that we've been working on as the centerpiece for that um, those uh, seminar series. Mm-hmm. And what else would be on the horizon for the next three years for the structural systems team? So, as you well, no. Uh, we've um, been working on a roadmap uh, from July last year, uh, which got approved by the executive um, February this year. Um, the main things, uh, which are probably, um, uh, which you probably uh, the listeners can see, the similarity with some of the projects we're putting up for this year, are development and maintenance of national standards to ensure that the contents are technically up to date, and also removing technical barriers on trade. Um, one of the other themes is to uh, uh, provide specifiers with confidence in structural steel through demonstrating compliance with standards. So uh, we've been working with SCNZ on developing a guide for um, uh, assessing the compliance of steel which isn't necessarily manufactured to Australian New Zealand standards. Uh, obviously also we're, um, uh, we're very supportive of uh, third party certification schemes such as uh, SFC. Um, we're also keen on making still the material choice by simplified design through electronic tools and guides, which again is a theme we're doing the next 12 months. Uh, another one is product development of uh, new steel structures. So historically, 
we've been doing a lot of work with our members for uh, their benefit. We're also looking at um, having more generic still solutions, which would be um, of benefit for the general HERO membership. And finally, one of the other um, areas into, uh, would be uh, looking at uh, sustainable solutions, sustainability solutions for steel structures. And um, obviously, there's um, we've got a good story to tell. Uh, there's uh, often we um, we uh, promote the recyclability of um, steel, but uh, there also is a, another benefit in terms of reuse, and uh, we haven't really um, demonstrated that properly. Um, over the last uh, few years or so. So that's one of the areas of uh, research that we're considering doing in the next uh, three years. Obviously, uh, to complement that, we're looking at training material. So uh, uh, this year on the ASNZS 2327 course, and as I've said just a moment ago, also uh, trying to bring in overseas experts to introduce uh, uh, new ways of thinking and innovative uh, technologies. What do you see as the overarching role of the structural systems team in future-proofing the industry? So I guess the number one for me would be um, ensuring that there's uh, tools and guides available to make design, uh, design of uh, still easy. Uh, we don't want to have um, uh, uh, standards which are uh, technically complete but are very difficult to use. So that's um, a very important one uh, for me. Um, Another one uh, is um, standards. Obviously, there's a there's a big list uh, for this year. For me, I consider it the ultimate dissemination of research, both from here as well as uh, the New Zealand universities, and hopefully we can provide the conduit for that. Um, the other thing is introducing uh, new technologies. Um, so we've um, We've tried a number of occasions. Sometimes they uh, they uh, get picked up and they're embraced. Others not so um, they're not so appropriate for New Zealand use. The ones I can think of which have been taken up would would, would be um, uh, beams with regular web openings or cellular beams. They they were widely used in uh, the Canterbury rebuild. Uh, some of the others that haven't sort of picked up so much was. Um, um, water-cooled slabs uh, to um, improve the thermal mass of steel frames and uh, I think that one probably was just that uh, the industry wasn't ready there also wasn't the customer pool in terms of the sustainability credentials of uh, steel frame buildings so we're obviously going to always um, try and uh, push the envelope on that um, we've um, historically always worked very closely with the welding center and SCNZ to complement our different strengths and hopefully that will long continue and um, we're also, um, uh, uh, with the new, uh, the, the recent uh, roadmaps that are approved by Executive, we'll also be uh, pursuing new research opportunities which will be um, identified by the industry development team. So unfortunately, here is going to be losing you, Stephen. Yes. Where are you going? So um, I've been um, fortunately been very fortunate in being um, offered a new role back in the UK. Um, I'll be a uh, professor, full professor of um, civil engineering at the uh, University of Warwick. Obviously, I'm um, sad to be leaving. They'll be uh, uh, missing the uh, leadership team and the uh, other friends at Tira as well as um, SCNZ. Really, this is sort of a, a time now where um, I'm really looking for a new direction some um, new challenges 
and that was really the um, what initiated uh, me moving back to the uh, UK. I think I've um, achieved most of the goals that I uh, set myself when I first joined back in 2008. The main one for me was uh, to work on the uh, harmonisation of standards between um, Australia and uh, New Zealand. I think uh, we've been fairly successful with that, so I'm very proud of that. The other things was uh, we actually raised the profile of uh, steel construction sustainability uh, through the Sustainable Steel Council, which was established in 2009, which I um, chaired. And that, I think, was another success where we um, made sure that steel was dealt fairly with in the um, steel credit within the New Zealand Green Building Council scheme. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm quite pleased with what we've uh, achieved and yeah, really excited to um, embark on a new stage of my career. And I don't think we can end this podcast without two fairly significant acknowledgements. The first one is it's a massive achievement for someone from industry to go into a tier one university at professor level um, and it's a real indictment of um, how they are viewing the contributions you've made to the industry. And the second one is um, while it's the UK's gain, it's a significant loss for not only HERA but for New Zealand and um, I guess the legacy that you leave in terms of the standards development and the composite work that you've done at HERA is significant and will remain ongoing. Yes, and you know, thanks for the kind words. Yeah, and I hope the uh, the momentum is uh, carried forward. The only regret I've had was, the again, on the standards, so close to actually um, getting the Australian and New Zealand steel structure standard uh, jointed, but I'm afraid it's uh, probably another two or three years off. But uh, no, it's been an enjoyable time. Thank you. So there you go. Thanks for joining our conversation with Stephen and I today as we shared our R&D projects for structural systems. When it comes to R&D, I think novelist Zora Neale Hurston said it best. Research has formalised curiosity. It is poking and prying with a purpose. Did you know that HERA members can propose projects for HERA to work on? If you have a great R&D project, please let me know and we can jointly prepare a proposal for the Steel Research Panel to consider. If you're an SME, we have a special programme for you called Quick Wins. We have a simple process for proposing small R&D projects that will deliver industry-wide benefits. Contact me for further information. My details are in the show notes.